The operation of faith. Oh, hallelujah. The operation of faith is to go through these five steps right here. Is to check your faith. See if you're in faith or whether you're not in faith. And if you're in faith, faith begins with the Word of God. Step number one. Step number two, after you hear the Word, you got a choice to make. Your choice is do you believe the Word or do you not believe the Word? If you want to be in faith, you have to believe the Word. After you hear the Word and believe the Word, you have something that you, that we, our part to play in this. Our part is to agree with the Word. Agree with the Word and begin to speak the Word. Speaking the Word and believing the Word go hand in hand. Faith will be found in your heart and also be found in your mouth. Step number four is to act on the Word. Faith always requires an act. And step number five, after you acted, expect it to come to pass. So uh, through this operation of faith, I'm trying to help you see whether you're when you're praying or whenever you believe in God, whether you're in faith. If you line yourself up with these five steps, these are biblical steps. These are steps that people took in the Bible, Abraham, Noah, Elijah, Jesus, Paul, Peter, everybody lined themselves up with the word. People that needed a miracle from Jesus. Hallelujah. They began, they, they heard about Jesus. They believed the word. They began to speak and declare what the word said. They acted on it and expected it to come to pass. And if you cover those five things right there, not necessarily all of them have to come together at one time or in one place, one order. But faith begins by hearing the word. Hearing the word, you can't skip that step because it's impossible for you to know know what God's will is if you don't know what His word says. A lot of people say, "I'm believing God," and then I ask them, "What? What? what where did God promise that? Where did God say He would do that?" And if they have a blank look on their face, it means to tell me they don't know what the word says, and therefore it's going to be really hard for them to believe God when they don't know what He said. You went, God's only responsible to back up what he said. The Bible says, I believe it's Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, that God looks over his word to perform it. He looks over what his word. The Bible said, state your case. Bring me back into remembrance of my word, the Lord said. God knows his word. He wants to know that you know his word. Bring me back in. What did I say? What did I say? Did I say I take you into the land of milk and honey? Your children said, Children of Israel said, God, you said you take us into the land flowing with milk and honey. God said, yes, I did, and I will. You have to know what God has said. Amen? Y'all know even the devil knows the word. But a lot of Christians don't. They only know bits and pieces. Y'all, we need to really get a great foundation in the word. That is the first step to maturity and having a solid foundation as a child of God, so when the winds of, and the storms of life come, hallelujah, when they, they come and blow because of the word, you have a solid foundation and you'll still be standing. I've seen a lot of people come in church and out of church and they fall aside. I've seen people get joined up with uh, what they thought was a church and, and, and I, I so-called had a Christian sign out there, but they were not preaching the word at all and they led people astray. Uh, these people that's joined a cult thinking they were into a religious 
doing what God wanted them to do, but they didn't understand. They were completely out of the Word of God. And when you're out of the Word, you're out of His will. When you're out of His will, you can get in a mess. Everybody say? Amen. Amen. I hate to see people get tangled up in uh, doctrines of demons and false teachings and be led astray. I hate that. See, so many people get destroyed for it. Uh, I want to back up just for a second on Speak the Word tonight. Last week we covered Speak the Word, part two. But there was two examples I didn't get to last week that I would like and I think it's very important to bring in. And that is uh, Luke chapter one. And if you'll turn with me there, verse 20. Luke chapter 1, verse 20. This is how important it is to speak the word. Luke chapter 1, verse 20. An angel of the Lord showed up to speak to Zacharias. And he told Zacharias, you're going to have a child. You and Elizabeth are going to have a child. Well, Elizabeth hadn't been able to have any children either. She was like, uh, she was barren. She couldn't have children. But the angel, Zacharias was at the temple praying and an angel showed up. This was before the Holy Ghost came. So God sent messengers by the angels. Gabriel showed up. And he said in verse 20, Behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. Okay? Okay? So, look at verse 38 real quick. We'll go over the scriptures, then, we'll, then I'll talk to you about it. How about that? Verse 38. The angel that came to Mary told her, you're going to have a child. The power of the highest will overshadow you. That the Holy One who, who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So, in verse 38, Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So both of them had an angel show up. Zacharias had an angel. Mary had an angel. The angel Gabriel spoke to Zacharias. Gabriel came and spoke to Mary. The Bible said Zechariah didn't believe what the angel said. When he came to Mary, Mary said, according to your word, so be it. Two different responses. Remember, whenever the word's spoken to you, you got a choice to believe it or not believe it. Zechariah didn't believe it. The Bible says that. Mary, even though it was beyond comprehension, beyond natural thinking, how can I have a baby when I've never 
I'm a virgin. Me and Joseph have never had any contact. But the angel said, you are pregnant by the, by the Holy Spirit. You have a child in you. It's supernatural. And she said, according to your word, so be it. You don't have to, have to see it. You can't even comprehend it sometimes. All you got to do is believe it. And here's the best way. If you, I've been praying lately, and, and when I get done praying, I'll, I started saying what Mary said. According to your word, so be it. Thank you, Lord. I praise you for it. Your word said it. It is. Thank you for it. So be it. And that's the way I end my prayer. So be it. Thank you, Lord. Uh, look at verse 63. And he asked, this is Zacharias, after the baby was born, he asked for a writing tablet and wrote saying his name is John. So they all marveled. Immediately his mouth was open and his tongue was loose and he spoke praising God. So I want you to see how important it is that you believe the word and you speak the word. Because when the angel showed up to Zacharias, the Bible plainly said that he did not believe. And guess what God had to do? He went in the temple able to talk. But the Bible said because you didn't believe, from now on, you're going to be mute. You're not mute means you cannot talk. You cannot talk until the time has come. So when Zacharias came, went in the temple, he could talk. The angel said, you're going to have a child. He didn't believe it. So God had to close his mouth. Why did God have to close his mouth? Why? Because words are so important that they can cancel the plans of God. Do y'all hear that? God shut his mouth until the baby was born. When John was born, and they said, what shall his name be? The father always named the child. And when they looked at Zacharias, he still couldn't talk, so he wrote his name on a tablet. His name shall be John. He wrote it down, and as soon as he got John down, God opened his mouth back up because everything, his assignment, God's a plan and assignment was complete. So he opened his mouth and said, now you can talk because you can't mess up my plan. Ain't that important? So do you think your words are important? Yeah, you can mess your prayer life up. You can mess up things by what you're saying. God had a plan in motion. And it was so important that he said, I got to shut Zacharias' mouth or he's going to mess this thing up when he leaves out of here so he ain't talking for a while. You can't mess up nothing if you ain't saying nothing. It's better to say nothing than to run your mouth off and mess up your prayer life. It's better when you hear the enemy say, it ain't going to happen. The doctor say it ain't going to happen. See, the enemy wants you to blab off with your mouth and begin to agree with the doctors he wants you to agree with it ain't going to happen. He wants you to agree that you ain't going to get that job. He wants you to say, well, I guess I ain't going to get it. Well, I guess I'm going to be sick. Oh, my back is killing me. All kind of stuff he wants us to blab out. And whenever you begin to blab out things, 
You're messing up God's plan for you. Only speak the word. That's what I've been trying to get into y'all. It's very important that when you're going through something that you only speak the word. Amen. The word of God. Hallelujah. Find you something written in red in the Bible where Jesus spoke. Hallelujah. And agree with that. Hallelujah. Get it in your heart. Hallelujah. Believe it with all your heart and begin to declare it out of your mouth. Then you're in faith. But many people have a problem with this. And they mess up more than they realize because of the way they've been talking for the last 10, 15, 20 years, all their life. And they've heard messages on the tongue and still disregard it. You can't disregard the tongue. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. Amen. Brother Ben, amen. I just, I just had a thought back when I was a kid. Mama always used to tell me this. She says, you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. That's right. And I think that goes with that very well. Absolutely. That, that could be a good proverb right there. And I've heard that too. You can't say nothing good, don't say nothing at all. But you know people, man, I tell you, they just, oh, it came to my mind, I'm going to say it. Oh my goodness. If it can't, I would hate to say half the stuff that came through my mind. <laughs> it ain't always good. <coughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You can be saved, <coughs> sanctified, blood bought, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Don't think something don't come through yeah, here that don't line up with this. As long as you remain until you graduate and go to heaven, there's going to be some fiery darts, and that's where it starts, right here. And the devil wants you to blab Things that know, he knows that will hinder your prayer life. He said, all I got to do is get them to say it. All I got to do is get them to say it. If I can get them to say it, hallelujah, they'll line up with me. See, here's the thing. When God speaks, remember, faith comes. Romans 10, 17, right? When God speaks, faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word, the word of God. So that's where faith is going to originate from. Hearing the word. But on the other side of the coin, the devil also speaks. And guess what comes whenever he speaks? It's the opposite of faith. It's called fear. And then he, whenever he sows that seed, that thought into your mind, it will plant a seed of fear. And then you'll begin to talk. If you ain't careful, you'll begin to blab and you'll begin to talk what, what, uh, what that fear is motivating you to say. And then it will hinder your prayer life. Hinder your prayer life. So be like Mary. When you hear the word, say, so be it. That's it. It's settled with me. I don't have to have uh, any writing on the wall. I don't have to look up into the stars and the, all the stars line up. I don't have to have no supernatural revelations. I just need to know what God's word says. And here it is. This is God's word. Get it in your heart and begin to speak it out of your mouth. Amen. After you hear, after, after you hear the word, believe the word, and speak the word, remember your part is to speak. Agree. Line up with God's word and speak it. You want your family saved? Speak the word over them. You want your body healed? Speak the word over it. It don't matter 
If it ain't they healed the first day or the second day or the third day, just continue to get the word in your heart and speak it out of your mouth and things will begin to change. Truth supersedes facts. It don't matter what they've seen on the x-ray. Y'all hear me? I know a lady had cancer. She would eat up all over. Bones, all through her body. The doctor said, we ain't operating. Too far gone. You know who it wasn't too far gone for? Jesus. It wasn't too far, it wasn't too hard for the Lord. What did Jesus need? He needed somebody to agree with his word. Well, guess what? The lady that had cancer wasn't agreeing. She didn't even know God's word. Her daughter came home with my daughter, and her daughter asked me would I go pray for her mama that had cancer. I didn't even know her. I got down there. She don't have no faith. She don't even know that much about the Bible. She knows a little bit about Jesus. And I asked the Holy Spirit, you're going to have to walk me through this situation, Lord. I don't know where to start. I'm asking for help. I got the Holy Spirit. He's my helper. And man, I began to talk to her and I found out the root of the problem. The root of the problem was unforgiveness. And man, she hated her own father because her father had abused her when she was a small child. She grew up with anger, hate, resentment, and bitterness in her heart towards her, her father. And she, with her own words, she said, I'm going to kill him. And believe me, looking through her eyes, it was there. She'd have had a nine millimeter, she'd have, she'd have blowed him away that day. And I said, ma'am, you need to be healed. You ain't gonna get healed with this in your heart. I said, you have to forgive. She said, I can't. And she was angry when I asked her. But I said, listen, you're gonna die with this cancer unless you find a way to forgive him. I said, God's grace is sufficient. If you'll just try to forgive him, God will see that. And his grace will kick in and help you. If you will just try. And I said, then we can pray for you to be healed. Man, she finally said, I'll, I'll try. And she did her part. And God did his part. What she couldn't do, his grace made up the rest. And she began to weep when she said that. Man, when I prayed, I laid my hands on her in that kitchen, just me and her. The Holy Ghost hit her so hard, knocked her about four feet backwards. And I said, Woo, this woman here wasn't raised in church. This ain't no courtesy call. This ain't no flop on my own. This is Holy Ghost power. Boom. She went staggering back, hit the wall. She said, Woo. I said, Ma'am, I don't know what Jesus is doing, but he's doing something on you. You know, she went back to the doctor about two weeks later, and she had x-rays where cancer was all through her body. They x-rayed her again, couldn't find nothing. It was all gone. To my knowledge, that lady is still alive. I've asked her about several times. Is she still alive? And this would happen 25 years ago. But that's how Jesus works. But she had to agree with the word. What was her part? To... to let forgiveness take its place. And then the word began to work. You know, things can hinder the word. 
That's why I said that for the benefit of y'all watching it. You can hinder God's word from happening. Unforgiveness is one of the biggest things in a person's life that will stop the flow of God's anointing flowing into your life. Bitterness, unforgiveness, hate, and murders in your heart. If you you got to let that go when you do, you can pray night and day for God to heal you. But if you got that in your heart, it probably ain't going to happen. But if you'll let it go, Jesus will heal you. I'm talking to somebody out there tonight. Hallelujah. Somebody in the world needs to hear that. Uh, step number four, you've got to act on the word. Faith always requires an act. Always. Jesus, when he prayed for folks, if there was a lame man there, what would he say to the lame man? Take up your bed and walk. Now what did he expect you to do? Huh? He expects you to do something. Act on what he just said. He just gave you the word that will heal you. Take up your bed and walk. Now if you lay down there and make up some excuses, oh my goodness. That's what we got in the church for today. A lot. We got the excuse church. I can't because. But when Jesus says, gives you a command, and speaks by faith, and he speaks his, his word coming out of his mouth. Take up your bed and walk. It's time to get up. It's time to try to do something. And what happens when you try to do, the anointing flows, and it gives you a complete healing to get up and do what he said, walk. But if you lay down there and you make up an excuse, ain't nothing going to happen. In Luke chapter I tell you what, let's go to James 1.22 before I go to my examples. James 1.22. James 1.22. Y'all getting anything out of here, this tonight? Faith always requires a, a, a response. It always requires action. You have to move. You have to agree. When you are in agreement with God's word, you'll be walking with it. You'll be moving with it. You'll put some action behind it. When I didn't have any money to go to the mission field, I said, Lord, what did I do? I ain't got no money. I, I, in reality, I don't have any money. What do I do? He said, Stacy, write a newsletter. Write a, a, a letter. And he said, I'll put the people on your heart. You write the letter to the people I put in your heart. You write it. Tell them you're going. Tell them what you're going to do. And that's all you got to do. Man, this, I'm new at this. I don't know what. So I just wrote the letter. Sophie looked it over and put it in the right state of mind. Thank God for her. And I put it in the mail. I prayed over it. And I sent it out. And I've been going for 22, 26 years. 20, 25, 26 years and I ain't missed a trip and all the money that I needed for every trip it always came in every time but I had to do I, when God said you write the letter if I'm sitting back and saying well that ain't going to work that ain't going to work well guess what I wouldn't have never made a trip because you got, you got to have some of this to get on Delta So I had, whenever he speaks, I had to do what he told me. James 1.22, 1.22. Uh, 
says, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. You got to be a doer of the word. When you hear the word, you got to put some do behind it. You got to put some action behind it. You can't just hear it, shake your head like this and say amen and do nothing. Hello? Amen, amen. Don't do nothing except that. That won't get it. Too many people hear the word, but don't do it. If you want the word to work for you, all you got to do is get in agreement with it and, and begin to put some action behind it. God's word always works. Sister Lisa is a great example of how the word works. Listen, when she came, she was completely depressed, oppressed, and a completely different child when she came in here. She came in here, and many times, every time she said, please pray for me. I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm battling, I'm battling, I'm battling. You know, she ain't asked me that lately. But you know what? I look at her. Her whole countenance has changed from day one. You know why? Since day one, when she came in here troubled, didn't even want to live, came in here. From day one, she came and she came and she came and she came and she came. She came Sunday, she came Wednesday. She came on Sunday, she came on Wednesday. Continually. Guess what we're going into her? The Word. The Word. The Word. The Word. The Word. The Word. We weren't casting out devils every week. But the Word was going in. The Word was going in. The Word. When the Word goes in, hallelujah, the devil got to go out. The Word is powerful. But see, what I'm trying to say is, she did the Word. She heard the Word, and she agreed with the Word, and she kept coming back for more of the Word. Whenever you give the word first place in your life, it will deliver you all by itself. Amen. Yes. Yeah. And man, it makes me happy. I tell her that. If don't nobody else come today, but you come, and I see that glow on you, that makes me happy. Because yeah. I used to hate to see her come in here like that. <coughs> I couldn't hardly stand it. But you know, there's a lot of people came in the same condition she did yeah. and didn't get free. You know why? They only came one or two times and never came back. They didn't do their part. People are always blaming God for that. He didn't do his part. God always does his part. People don't do their part. They don't. They hear the word, but they don't do it. Uh, James chapter 2 verse 17. Thus, also, faith by itself, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Faith without works is dead. Everybody say that. Faith without works is dead. Yes. People say, I got faith. Let me see your works. Let me see your action. Let me see you doing something. Are you doing your part? Well, I'm praying for a job and I'm sitting by the phone. Have you got out and put any applications out? No. I'm just praying and sitting by the phone. How does anybody know what your phone number is? That sounds silly, don't it? 
I'm praying and sitting by the phone. Somebody going to supernaturally call me up and say, I know you need a job. No, you've got to get out and put out some applications. If you're praying for something, you've got to get out and do your part. Always, I've always said from day one, people have to do their part. They have to do their part. You don't do your part, God ain't going to do it all. He'll, do, he'll require you to take a step of faith. Because that's the only way to get you to grow up is to take a step of faith. And faith without works is dead. So, in Luke chapter 5, verse 24, you can read this on your, time, on your own. Jesus is in the temple, and as he's preaching, there was a man in there that had a withered hand. His hand was, you could say, looked like this, all withered up. He could have had a stroke. Something could have happened to it. But his hand is all withered up. And Jesus, in the middle of his preaching, he sees this man with his withered hand. And he looks at him and he says, Stretch forth thy hand. And the Bible said the man stretched forth his hand and it was completely healed. But here's the thing. Today, with our, our problem, whenever we hear someone say, do something, we begin to make up excuses. Today, we're full of them. We're so into uh, humanism and doctors and doctors' advice and doctors said this, that today that man, when Jesus spoke to him, he might have said, but Jesus, can I explain something to you? You really don't understand my situation, sir. I know you're anointed, but my hand has been like this. I, I was born this way. Or he might have said, well, when I was 25, I had a stroke, and I've never been able to use this hand. It's always been like this. I can't lift it. And the doctor said it would always be like this. He could have said all those things to Jesus. Jesus don't want to hear about all that. Jesus already knows how your hand got that way. But when he says, stretch forth your hand, he don't want to hear what the doctor said. He don't care what the doctor said. He don't care that the doctor said, but the doctor said, I got 60 days. It don't matter what the doctor's report is. When Jesus says, stretch forth your hand, your only response by faith is to try to stretch it out. And when that man went, <laughs> the miracle happened and he stretched it out and he was completely whole so you got to watch out for your own reasoning own understanding the Bible says to lean not upon your own understanding when God speaks don't try to reason can this happen don't try to reason well the doctor said man I don't want to hear it Respond to the word and it will happen if you'll put faith with it. Can I have amen? amen? Another good example. 2 Kings chapter 5. Naaman. He was the commander of the army in the Old Testament. He's got leprosy. He's a very well-off man. He's got money. He's got things. He's got authority. And he's got leprosy. You know, rich people get sick too. 
Just because you got money don't mean you don't get sick. But he couldn't fight, get nobody, he couldn't get healed. And someone said, there's a prophet in Samaria. His name is Elijah. Go see him. Go see him. He's got, he got power with God. He can heal you. Naaman finally went. And when he got there to Elijah's house, Elijah knew why he was there. And Elijah sent word out to him. He didn't go out there and greet him. Didn't go out there and talk to him. Didn't go out there and anoint him with all Nothing. He sent his servant out there and said, go tell Naaman to go dip in the Jordan River seven times. And Naaman, guess what he did? He started leaning upon his own understanding. Naaman said, the Jordan River is filthy. I need to be clean. I have leprosy. There's better and cleaner rivers in where I live, in Damascus. There's better water, better rivers. He said, in other words, he was saying, this ain't gonna work. This don't make no sense. And one of his servants, Naaman's servants, said, if he told you to do something great, you probably would have did it. Why don't you just go give it a try? And Naaman said, well, I did come all the way out here. I might as well go do what he said. He reluctantly went down to the Jordan River. And remember, faith without works is dead. He told him, if you go down to the Jordan River, and if you will dip seven times, you'll be cleansed. You'll be healed. Well, he reluctantly went down there. But as he did, one time nothing happened, three times nothing happened, five times nothing happened. On the seventh time when he come up, whoosh! God fulfilled his word that the prophet said. The power came down and it healed him and made him whole. But it didn't happen until he acted on the word. You got to dip seven times. Six times, nothing happens. You got to go down seven times and if you don't go down seven, ain't nothing happened, big boy. Faith without works is dead. If somebody tells you to do something crazy, and it's under the anointing, the best thing you can do is go do it. Yeah. It not make no sense to you at all. Go do it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah. I forgot about this story. How about that? Really about that. Hallelujah. So, and then in Mark chapter 16, verse 20, wait, wait. another act of faith. After Jesus tells you to do something, you've got to do it. Jesus told him after his death, he came back. And one of the things he told him, he said, I want you to go do the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He said, those that believe in my name, these signs will follow them. He said, in my name, they will cast out devils. They will, they will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And the Bible says in verse 20 that they went out and began to preach everywhere. And the Lord was working with them, confirming the word with signs and wonders. Amen? You see, nothing happens until they go. Signs and wonders 
followed them and the Lord was working with them as long as they went. Whenever you don't go, guess what happens? Nothing happens. Faith without works is dead. He said, you got to go preach it. And as you go, I'll back you up. I'll fulfill my word. When you lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. Hallelujah. He said, those that believe in my name, these signs will follow them. So they went out. And because they went out, we have a Bible today. And, and the book of Acts had been written about what they did because they acted. Acted. Faith without works is dead. Faith always requires an act. As the disciples and the apostles acted, the Holy Ghost, boom, fulfilled the word. Nothing happens when you don't go. Nothing happens when you don't believe. Hallelujah. But whenever you do believe and you begin to act, things begin to, you see the Bible come to life in front of your eyes. I remember the first time I seen a demon come out of somebody. I had read about it. I had read about it. I had read about it. Others doing it. I'm like, well, that sounds interesting. Then when I seen it for the first time, the first thing that came to my mind was, I just seen the Bible come to life right in front of me. It is true. Amen. It is true. In my name, you will cast out demons. And when that happened, I said, the Bible is true. But it's true. Even if I don't do it, it's still true. But some people say, well, it works for some, but it don't work for others. No, it's a problem. It works for everybody that does it. Yes. Amen. Amen. God don't pick favorites and say, well, I'm going to work with this one, but I really don't like that one. His hair ain't the right color, or he ain't dipped the right size, or, or he ain't born in the right city, or, or something other, you know. He ain't giving enough money on Sunday. No, that ain't none of that come into play. Anytime somebody operates by faith, Jesus is there. Anytime they're standing on his word, he's there. Anytime they're acting on his word, he will fulfill it. Amen. He's no, he don't play favoritism. Um, anybody getting anything out there? You got to act, right? You got to act. I told a brother came in here one time, I prayed for his back. And when I prayed for him, I said, bend over and touch your toe. That was a, that was, I was, when I, when I, I was telling him to do that because I wanted to see some action. If you believe, when I just prayed for you that your back will touch your toes. I, I usually ask somebody, do something. Do something you couldn't do before. I had Miss Joy before I said, walk to the back of the church, walk around before. I told this guy, I said, reach down and touch your toe. He goes, I said, do it again. Then he looks up and said, I ain't supposed to be able to do that. <laughs> right. I said, why? He said, I've had back operation. They put a metal rod in my back my, and, and, and metal don't bend. He said, I ain't supposed to be able to do that. He, I said, you just did it. He said, I know. I said, do it again. He goes, <laughs> I said, well, there you go. I can't explain it. All I know is, Whenever you act on God's word, something supernaturally begins to happen in the spirit realm. It's waiting on you to act. When Jesus said, take up your bed and walk, it's time to get up and, and go. Amen? 
Brother Kenneth Hagin, uh, when he was young, he was near death. What was wrong? He had a heart problem, right? Two heart conditions, a blood condition, and he was paralyzed. And paralyzed. Wow. So this man of faith was about dead as a young boy. Didn't expect him to live. The doctor already said, you ain't, he ain't going to make it long. Just keep him. He, he's, in bed, he's bedridden. He can't walk. They take care of him all day long. But he's sitting in there reading the Bible. He's sitting in there reading the Bible. And he got a hold of Revelation. The light bulb came on when he read Mark chapter 11, verse 23 and 24. Y'all know what that says. Speak to the mountain. He said, we begin to read that. And he said, you know what? If I believed that, I'd get out of this bed. Holy Spirit said, yeah, that's right. So he said he began to speak to his body. And he said, you know, the Bible says in, in, in Mark 11, 24, I think it said, whenever you pray, believe. Whenever you pray, believe. Where if you believe it, you got to act like it. I know Donnie Osteen, John Osteen's wife, Joel Osteen's mama, John was his daddy, his mama is Dottie Osteen. She, had, she was diagnosed with cancer. And she was praying for to be healed. And uh, the Lord said to her, said, if you heal, act like you healed. She said, you're right. I've been praying to be healed. I've been praying for to be healed. I need to get up and act like I'm healed. But her body didn't feel like it. She was weak. She had cancer. She didn't feel like getting out of the bed. You know, you can lay in the bed and die. Yeah. You got to get up. So guess what she did? She got up, started mopping, vacuuming, cleaning the house. And when you know what? When she started acting like she was well, the miracle manifested. The cancer was gone. She's still alive today. Yeah. <clears throat> but she had to get up. She'd have died laying in that bed. Yeah. Kenneth Hagin said he spoke to his body. And he believed God to heal him. And the Lord said, act like it. Start walking. He's paralyzed. He's laying in the bed. He said there wasn't nobody in there. He said he, he took his, it, it, I think he was paralyzed from waist down. He took his arm, his leg, and throwed it over the bed. He took this leg and throwed it over the bed. Now he is kind of lingering over the bed. He said, well, I got to, by faith, I got to try to walk. He said, he, he come up out of the bed, and guess what? He hit the floor. He hit the floor. Didn't work the first time. They came in there and got him up. I think it was the next day. Mark 11, 23. He said, God, you said. He said he went to the closet. He put on his clothes and went in there and sat at the breakfast table with him. They were like, what happened? Well, he acted on the word. And when he acted, something supernaturally, the power of God went into action when he acted on it by faith. That's how you get it. Smith Wigglesworth prayed for a guy, skin and bones. I mean, you ever see anybody so poor, ain't nothing, and you see through their skin just about and see their bones? That's, they getting ready to go. I've seen people in the hospital. It gets that bad sometimes. 
But Brother Smith Wigglesworth, they asked him to come pray for this guy. He went in there and prayed for the guy by faith. Everybody, it's by faith, okay? You don't have to have no supernatural revelation. You don't have to have no dream at night to go pray for the sick people. The Bible said the prayer of faith will save the sick. Get up by faith and lay hands on people. Jesus said, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Nothing going to happen unless you get in line with God and begin to do something. Well, he went in, he laid hands on the man. After he got done laying hands on the man, he said, I'm fixing to go downstairs and we're going to eat breakfast. He said, I want you to get up out of the bed. I want you to go to the closet. I want you to put your clothes on. And I want you to come downstairs and join us for breakfast. He's talking to the man with skin and bones. So guess what Smith did? He went downstairs. He gets out of the breakfast table. And he's eating breakfast. And then a little while, they hear the door crack. And here comes the man. He done got dressed. He's coming downstairs. And now he's going to eat. That's faith. And the man's healed. Something happens whenever you act. If you don't act, you ain't in faith. Any questions? One last testimony. Man in Thailand. I done told y'all about this a hundred times. That young boy, about seven years old. His legs all bent up. He can't hardly walk, can't hardly stand. He's standing in front of me. They asked for prayer. Man, by faith, I, I was down on my knees looking at this little boy straight in the eye. And by faith, with my interpreter there, I said to that boy, and today, see, you can't lean on your understanding. This went through me so fast that after I said it, I was like, what did I just say? But that's how faith moves. Faith moves. It, 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 it bypasses your understanding. I said to the young boy, run to the back door. It was further than where Joey's sitting back there. Run to the back door and run back to me. That little boy didn't argue. He didn't make up no excuses. His little bow-legged self took off like a weevil wobble. And when he started walking about halfway, it hit me. The devil hit me and said, boy, you have just made a fool out of yourself. Because see, whenever you get out there in faith, you might as well say you're walking on water and everybody else is looking for you to fail. Even church folks saying, this ain't going to work. And after I said it, I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm just, I'm, I, without everything in me, I'm still, he got to walk, he got to run, he got to touch the door. He touches the door. When he turns around, y'all, it was like something happened supernaturally. His legs straightened up. By the time he got to me, he was running. And I looked at him, and both his legs were straight. He walked out of there with straight legs. And his daddy was a witch doctor. And it, it so touched his daddy. He done done every little curse and voodoo he could do and couldn't get his son well. But Jesus healed him in one night, in one act of faith. The little boy did what the, what the man of God told him to do and didn't argue. People in America, I can't do that. You don't understand, Pastor. There goes your miracle. I can't talk you into this. You got to react when someone with the anointing said, Do it, you do it. Amen. So, little boy still well.
Y'all, all we got to do is act on the word. Act on the word. You want to be blessed? Act on the word. When the Lord tells you, sow a hundred dollars, and you say, I can't. I got a lot bill coming up. I can't do it. Listen, the Lord knows you can do it. And he's asking you by faith to do something. And whenever you release that thing, a miracle's coming your way. Don't argue with God in the voice of God. He said whenever you hear the voice, you have to obey it. When you obey the voice, that's faith. Hallelujah. And that's when the blessings begin to flow. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to talk to the people out there tonight. I hope that you are, have been tuning in and catching the operation of faith as we're going step by step through this through these five steps. I hope it's been a blessing to you. If you're in the hospital, if you're in another country, whatever you're going through, I encourage you to build your faith and learn about each one of these steps. I believe by the time you hear these steps, faith is going to be increased in you and you're going to be able to receive the blessings of God that He wants to give you as you line up in faith. By faith, you get everything that you have. You, you're born again by faith. You get healed by faith. You get delivered by faith. You receive the Holy Ghost by faith. Everything comes by faith. So, build up your faith. Continue to tune in. We love you. If you don't know Jesus, give your life to Jesus Christ. He'll give you a life worth living. He'll deliver you from drugs, alcohol, depression, suicidal thoughts. No matter a gay lifestyle, He'll deliver you from everything. Jesus is your answer. We love you here at Harvest Time. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you soon. May the Jesus be with you. Amen.